I'm Bailey. And I'm Charles. And you're listening to Hold Me, I'm Scared. Welcome back to Hold Me, I'm Scared, where once a week we pick out one fear and explore it. Ooh, Bailey. You know what we're talking about this week, baby? We're talking about urban (laughs) legends. (laughs) So, we have some facts and figures about urgent... uh, Ooh urgent about urban legends Uh, this comes from the source urban legends how they start and why they persist by heather whips Um, so urban legends are an important part of popular culture experts say offering insight um, into our fears and the state of security is why we have them some folklorists which i would love to be a folklorist are you kidding me i want that title so bad not only because of Taylor Swift. Um, some folklorists believe that urban legends are t- entirely fiction, but many believe that they are based at least partially in fact. Urban legends are usually passed on via word of mouth or now in modern times through things such as websites, emails, or text chains. I'm sure you've been a victim of quite a few emails or text chains, basic messages even. <laughs> yeah. I never pass them on Uh, I never do do you think maybe that's why my life is the way that it is (laughs) it's because you didn't share that harrowing story of or that one email that was like the angels will protect you if you send this to at least 10 people yeah you never did I don't think they were going to regardless to be honest (laughs) I think they were going to regardless oh my god um renowned folklorist Jan Harold Brunvend Brunvend? I think it might be Jan. Brun Jan? Harold. Nope. Oh, okay. (laughs) Jan, (laughs) listen. Jan Harold Brunvend, Brunvend, who is considered the preeminent scholar on urban legends, defines an urban legend as a strong basic story appeal, a foundation in actual belief, and a meaningful message or moral. There are urban legends in nearly every culture in every country. Usually they exist to reflect what a culture or society is afraid of and are sometimes meant to serve as cautionary tales. Other times, they're intended to be more for the sake of entertainment. Though... Science has gone a long way to explain away many of our fears. There still remains plenty of unknown mysteries for modern urban legends to expand upon. So, Bailey. Mm -hmm. Are there any urban legends that you are afraid of, personally? Um, When I was a kid, I was definitely afraid of Bloody Mary. Do, like looking in the mirror and doing bloody yes do you i remember could that? never get myself to say it i would say it twice i didn't do it oh i got so scared i didn't want to see her um and then also so in our hometown no well actually no not your hometown <laughs> in our hometown in my hometown there is this like urban legend of crybaby bridge and it's this bridge and i think this is a, probably a urban legend and like like every city yeah every city has a crybaby (laughs) bridge i swear yeah so basically the whole thing is that if you go to this bridge in like the middle of the night and you turn all the lights off in your car and you sit there you'll hear babies crying and some people have seen a woman there they think she like threw her baby over the bridge and now did it not have the thing where like you put your car in neutral and it like pushes you across the bridge Oh, I don't know if I ever heard that. That's a very popular one. Um, and a lot of bridges, which I've seen a lot of strange videos on it. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what I think about it. But that's another common thing with Crybaby Bridge. Like, you'll you'll be pushed over the bridge by the souls of the damned who were once there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are, the, like, the main ones that stick out to me. But... I do think some urban legends are, like, just cool. Like, I'm not really afraid. Like, I think it'd be dope if Bigfoot was real. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of people dedicated in Oklahoma to finding him or really his fan club. What about you? Any any prominent urban legends that have impacted you? I mean, no, not really. I, Bloody Mary was one that I could never 
get myself to do. And, you know, I've always been drawn to, like, the paranormal and occultish-like things. But, yeah, no, nothing is really... See, there's another mouth noise. That's so annoying. We're like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) I have an urban legend that um, is just really short that I want to read to you. Okay. Um, this is, uh, I, it, I believe it originated on Reddit. Okay. Um, as, as many urban legends do. Oh, Slenderman. Um, sorry. There was another favorite of mine. Oh, really? Oh. Did you like Slenderman? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What's going on? I'm just going to read it to you and then you will understand. Man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of road. He turned to his girl and say, Baby, I love you very much. What is it, honey? Our car is broken down. I think the engine is broken. I'll walk and get some more fuel. Okay, I'll stay here and look after our stereo. There have been news reports of... Stereos being stolen. Good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. I love you, sweaty. So the guy left to get full for the car. After two hours, the girl say, Where is my baby? He was supposed to be back by now. Then the girl hear a scratching sound and voice say, Let me in. The girl doesn't do it, and then after a while, she goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets the final line. <clears throat> she gets out to check and man door and <laughs> I can do it. I can, I can do it. Okay. <clears throat> Alright. The next morning she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She goes out to check. <laughs> Bailey. What does it say? And you're like probably not gonna find this funny at all. Okay. She gets out to check and man door. <laughs> Fuck! I got so close. Okay. I'm gonna literally turn you into an urban legend, and if you do not read this last damn sentence, <laughs> she gets out to check and man door hand hook car door. <laughs> It's not as funny to me now because I was waiting for you to read it. <laughs> she gets out to check and man door hand hook car door. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I sure uh, hope that the urban legend you've picked is a little better than that one because that's it. That was it. That was my story. No, it wasn't. You loved it. <laughs> also, that one. That's a very famous or something about a, a hook and a hand yeah a, 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 a woman man <laughs> car he goes a man hook hand and car then door. A hook hook car door man hand very popular yeah, we all know that one okay so um i <laughs> am doing uh, the story of the Slenderman stabbing. I, this story, I know this story, and it's wild. It is, yeah. So my sources were Wikipedia, Creepypasta Wiki, ABC 2020 special produced in 2019, and an ABC article by Kelly Robinson. And a first-hand experience, as she's one of the key characters in this story. I am not. Okay. Okay, please edit that one out, please. Disgusting. It is May 30th, 2014, and three 12-year-old girls are having a sleepover in in Waukesha, which... (laughs) (laughs) Waukesha. 
<laughs> in Waukesha, Wisconsin. <laughs> in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, they are at the home of Morgan Geyser, and they're celebrating her birthday. Okay, so in attendance are her two closest friends, Alyssa Wire and Peyton Leitner. Um, so all of the girls are in sixth grade, and they all go to the same school. Peyton considers Morgan to be her very best friend, and Morgan considers Peyton to be her best friend as well. Um, Peyton said that she made friends with Morgan because she noticed that she was alone, and she didn't want her to be alone anymore. Cute. Which was really sweet. Morgan um, had always been a bit of a loner and had dealt with some bullying, and, and Peyton noticed that she didn't have many friends and decided to be her best friend. That's nice of um, Peyton. I know. So Anissa, I might have said Anissa earlier. People pronounce it differently. Anissa, Anissa. I think it's Anissa. Anastasia. According to her parents. Okay, so Anissa was new to the school that year. And she and Morgan were close, but not her and Peyton. So Peyton said that Morgan, um, uh, hello? Hi. So Anissa was new to the school that year, and she and Morgan were pretty close, um, but she wasn't close to Peyton. Peyton said that Anissa had always been cruel to her, and Peyton kind of thought this was because Anissa was jealous of how close she and Morgan were. And Peyton said of her friendship with Morgan that though they were best friends, um, Morgan could sometimes be controlling, but she just kind of went with it. She she didn't really care. Uh, She was like, oh, that's just how Morgan is, you know. Whatever. Peyton was a very, like, easygoing kiddo they're all at morgan's house for her her birthday and they went to skateland that night and they returned and they're all playing dress, dress up together um and peyton goes into the bathroom to try on this pink princess dress and while she's in there anissa and morgan are discussing their own plans for the evening and they are planning to kill peyton you know <laughs> Just a deep sigh. It's just this is real life. I know. Are you asking? No, no, no. This this is real life. (laughs) And that's that's what makes this story so hard is like this really did happen and really not that long ago. No, I mean it was seven years ago almost. It was seven years ago. Six and a half, it was in twenty fourteen. Oh my god. This is twenty twenty one. We'll be thirty soon. Stop. 30 flirty and thriving. So that night, Morgan plugs her headphones into her iPad and sets an alarm to wake her up super early in the morning. And when she wakes up, she wakes up Anissa. So the way that they had planned to kill Peyton was um, that as she slept, they were going to duct tape her mouth and then stab her. However, the girls are too tired um, and they feel like groggy. So they decide to put off their plans until the morning. Morgan says in a so like there's footage of their police interviews and in the interview she says that she wanted to give uh Peyton at least one more morning just such a weird chilling thing for a 12 year old to say like let's not kill her let's give her one more morning and they're 12 yeah it's just so ominous that's extremely ominous. The next day, the girls decide to go to a nearby park. And usually Morgan's mother would never allow her to go to the park without adult supervision. But because it's Morgan's birthday and she has her friends with her, she allows her to go to the park, all the three girls to go together unsupervised. So at this point, Morgan and Anissa have pivoted their plan uh, and they have decided to kill Peyton in a park bathroom. Uh, because it was like a like a heavily wooded like kind of like campsite park that had showers in the bathroom and it had drains in the floor and they decided to kill Peyton in the bathroom so that the drains would like drain the blood from the floor. Just, yeah, they're twelve. I know it's just it's like so weird. This is not like I I don't know. We'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how they got to this point, but so Anissa had actually read that it was easier to kill someone when they were unconscious and when you didn't have to look in their eyes. 
And so she decides that, so she tries to slam Peyton's head into the bathroom wall in an attempt to knock her out, but it doesn't work. And so I have not been able to find how she like played this off, but I guess like, I don't know if she said it was an accident or what, but like they're all still hanging out after she tries to slam Peyton's head into the wall and they decide to play hide and seek. I don't know how we got from slamming the head in the wall to hide and seek. I've tried to find it. And I have not found it. So I'm assuming she just like pretended like, oh, she like tripped into her or something. But it's, I don't know. I guess she grabbed her head for stability. So then they decide to play hide and seek. And as Peyton like runs off, um, Morgan and Anissa are like, okay, so we, this is how we're going to do it. And Morgan tries to get Anissa to stab Peyton, but Anissa's like basically says that she can't do it. And so Morgan agrees, like, oh, I'll, I will stab her, but you have to tell me when. So the girls find Peyton and they get about five feet away from her. And then Anissa says, now. And she says in her police interview, I went, go ballistic, go crazy, make sure she's down. So Anissa tackles Peyton and Morgan like climbs on top of her and stabs her 19 times um, in her arms, her legs, and her torso with a kitchen knife that had a, a five inch long blade. This was like a pretty decent sized knife. Um, two of the wounds, the stab wounds, were to major organs. And they actually interview in the 2020 special one of the doctors that like worked on her. And he said that um, if the wound one of her chest wounds had gone like less than a millimeter about the width of a human hair deeper, she would have died almost instantly because um, it would have caused, uh, it would have hit a major artery in her heart and caused like an immediate fatal heart attack. Um, and then they also cut into her liver and stomach. And they also interview Peyton in this 2020 special. She says that she looked up at them and said, I trusted you. Ooh. Which is heartbreaking. Yeah, but they don't feel remorse for it. Well, do they? I don't know. <laughs> they we'll stabbed her it. nineteen times. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just like, just imagine this like poor little girl just looking at like her two friends, like who are also little girls, and they've just tried to kill her, and she says, "I trusted you." It's just then. These girls, they tell her to lie down and rest and that they're going to go get help. For why? I I don't know. They do not go get help. They run away. And I don't know if it's just, like, so they basically just wanted her to bleed out, but I guess to maybe encourage her not to like go get help herself. They told her they were going to go get help, but it's like, I don't think she's going to count on that or in their like weird way to like give her the lasting impression of like peace i don't i don't know um so they dip and then meanwhile cyclist greg steinberg he decides to take a different route than he usually does on his bike ride that day and he suddenly comes across peyton who has managed to walk and drag herself near the road um, and she's bleeding profusely, obviously, and she's struggling to breathe. But she manages to muster the strength to tell first responders what happened and who did it. Which, like, how? Wow. That, that's what's crazy to me. Like, yeah, that she had the strength to, like, get up and, and get herself to safety is just, I, how, how? She said, she described, like, during the attack that she didn't feel anything at all because her body went into shock. So she said, like, she knew that she was being stabbed, but she couldn't feel it. Um, so it could be, like, that she wasn't feeling the pain yet, which, like, hap that does happen. Yeah, like an adrenaline rush of some sort. Yeah, but it's still incredible, like, regardless. Um, and that she also, like... 19 times and a and millimeter she was able to away talk. from... Yes. I know. And tell them what happened. So, um... They transport Peyton to the hospital. She goes to emergency s surgery almost immediately, and she's, like, she's fighting for her life. 
And while she's doing that, the sheriff's department managed to track Anissa and Morgan down. And they're all the way on the north side of the city now, um, by the side of the freeway. And it's they've walked about five hours uh, from where the stabbing took place. So they just like just took off and started like, walking. What was their plan? Where were they going to go? Oh, well, I will tell you. Oh. So... In Wisconsin, children can actually be interrogated by police without their parents present, mm. uh, which I mm, mm, I don't love that. Yeah, uh, I don't love that either. Uh, so the girls are brought in, and they're Mirandized, and they're put in separate interrogation interviews. During the footage of the interviews, one of the detectives asks Morgan, what were you trying to do when you stabbed her? And she says, kill her. I might as well just say it. We were trying to kill her. And the detective says, so why did you pick Peyton? And Morgan says, I didn't pick her. And he says, who picked her? And she says, whoever Anissa was talking about, she made it seem necessary. And she literally talks exactly like that. Like, she's just very casual. She was super relaxed. She was, like, swinging her arm. Like, when she was left alone in the interview room, she was just kind of, like, swinging her arms around like kids do, um, twirling around, like, is this just like two sociopathic children that happen to find each other? Like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation around what exactly happened here. So, but yeah, so Morgan says I didn't pick her. Whoever Anissa was talking about picked her. And then we cut to Anissa's interview, and Anissa is explaining we had to prove ourselves worthy to Slender Man. Okay, so now if you've been living under a rock or just like not part of general internet culture in the last few years, I'm just going to give you some information on who Slenderman is. Um, so this description is a direct quote from the Creepypasta wiki entry on Slenderman. So the Slenderman is a being, male in appearance, who looks like a man with extremely long, slender arms and legs. He also appears to have four to eight long, black tentacles that protrude from his back, though different photographs and enthusiasts disagree on this fact, and therefore it is theorized that he can contract those tentacles at will, so that he has basically these tentacles in his back that he can bring out and then pull back in. Um, he's described as wearing a black suit, strikingly similar to the visage of the notorious men in black. And as the name suggests, he appears very thin and able to stretch his limbs and torso to inhuman lengths in order to induce fear and ensnare his prey. Once his arms are outstretched, his victims are put into something of a hypnotized state where they are utterly helpless to stop themselves from walking into them. So that's the description of like the physical appearance of slender man right um sort of cute there are... <laughs> no tall slender tentacles oh my gosh <laughs> he's got it all he has, also right. has no face um it's just like a white face and so the original like um creepypasta entry on the slender man also was a company with some pictures and like if you were 12 you would think these were real pictures uh, like the photo editing is really good on them. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and it it just shows this like tall figure, like slender man, slender man in the background of these photos that have children. Like there's one of like children at like a birthday party, like playing. And you see, just see him in the background. There's another one of people that look like more somber, like they're maybe running from something, and you see him in the background. Um, and his like mo is that he preys upon children in particular. Kind of like think of him as like a like a Pied Piper, boogeyman, men in black combo nightmare creature. Have you ever watched the Marble Hornets videos where he originated from? Yeah. So like he was he actually originated in uh, like a creepy pasta post. So the posts and the pictures were the first things and then those videos were oh, shortly after. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they came from the videos first. Yeah. So he but yeah, they also have like these videos that are also edited like very well. And they look a lot like found footage horror movies. And they that's basically what they are, like found footage style short horror films. I used to watch those with my ex-best friend. They scared 
the crap out of me when I was younger. They're creepy. They're creepy, but <laughs> they're they are ge- a good watch. Creepy. Yeah. Um, if you want to be like, I don't know, maybe as an adult you'd just be mildly freaked out, but I didn't. I, they they really freaked me out when I was younger. I don't know that I finished them. Like, I didn't either them. because they were still in production when we were younger. Yeah, we were kind of at the. We were getting. We were like aging out of being into this stuff when Slender Man got popular. Being into this stuff. I mean, we're like, recording a podcast. Okay, yeah, we definitely haven't things. aged out of it. But I mean, like, of believing. Oh, we've kind of we've kind of aged out of believing that it could be real. Like we, you know. Well, you maybe see, one you of think us he's has. out there. <laughs> I'm still hoping to get like a first date or something. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> Someone told you Slenderman's straight, and now suddenly you're obsessed with it. <laughs> the sound that just came out of my throat. Oh my god, okay. Um, it's revealed during the interrogations that the girls believed uh, that Slenderman had a big mansion in the middle of Nicolette National Park, and that in order to prove themselves to him, they had to kill someone. And that if they did that, they would become his proxies and like his servants and live in that mansion with him and that if they didn't do it he would kill their families Uh, okay yeah (laughs) they fully believe that slender man was real and like there are some people that do actually think that slender man's real still like that or that like he's um like inspired by something that's real and i feel like there are like a lot of stories of like you know this tall yeah like willowy creature that just like grabs children out of the forest yeah or out of, yeah so i call her there Bailey. are people that believe that like <laughs> shut up there are people that like believe that a creature like this exists but these girls really believed they like every every piece of like fan fiction about slender man that was published on the internet they like they thought it was real yeah so Morgan is kind of trying to pin it all on Anissa, uh, but the detectives think that Anissa is more credible because she would take responsibility for th- some things. Like she would say, oh, Morgan did this and this and this, but I did this. And like, whereas Morgan would just be like, oh, it was Anissa who did this. I think I think it was actually Anissa's idea to stab her. I think Anissa was the one who did it. Like, so um, Anissa said that she, that Morgan had found out about the, the mansion. So Morgan was the one who told Anissa about Slenderman's mansion. And Anissa knew, based on like all of her knowledge of Slenderman, that he would come for her family if she didn't comply. And Anissa said that she knows that it's like real because she'd seen Slenderman before in real life. She said that one day she was looking out the window of the bus and then she saw him with his long, like, tentacle tendrils. And he said, she says, looking exactly like a tree. And I'm like, you saw a tree. Yeah, you saw a tree. <laughs> you saw a tree. And I said, like, it was, that wasn't Slender Man, that was a tree. And Morgan said in her interview, quote, you have no idea how hard it was not to tell anyone. We would all be together. It was a flawless plan, actually. She said, it was weird. I felt no remorse. I thought I would. I felt nothing. I'm, I've never been more terrified of 12-year-old children. Yeah, it's like, they're creepy as well. <laughs> like, watching these police interviews, they do not speak like children. I mean, I know 12-year-olds have you know, pretty developed vocabulary at that point generally. But, like, just the way that they talk, like, it was a flawless plan, actually. It's so... Especially it's about murder. It's about stabbing your friend. It's so chilling. And then her saying that she feels no remorse. Um, And I I guess... I'm wondering if that means that she thought, like, they would all meet up again at the mansion um, and, like, it wasn't fully real because she said we would all be together. And Peyton does survive but um wait she did i thought she died no she survived oh yeah she's interviewed in the 2020 special oh my god shout out to peyton that's how we know that she said i trusted you she's she tells that story Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) shout out to peyton and slender (laughs) man fabulous um but so in wisconsin attempted murder is one of the charges that if the 
person who commits it is over the age of 10, according to Wisconsin law, they are charged as an adult. Oh. So these 12-year-olds are being charged as adults. Um, um, yeah. That changes some things. Yeah. So they are being charged for attempted murder as adults, and they're just 12. So while preparing for the trial, the law enforcement uh, officers search the girls' homes and lockers for more evidence because they have this like kind of like out there story and they still don't fully understand why they did this. Um, so they find one picture of Slenderman in Anissa's locker, but they find entire notebooks full of Slenderman pictures and writings um, in Morgan's locker and her home. And they also find writings in her home that say things like, I want to die. And they find disturbing artwork and mutilated Barbie dolls that have had like their body parts cut off. Mm-hmm. Starting to sound less and less like Anissa. Yeah, so Morgan had even emailed Anissa shortly before the murder, telling her to hide her browser history, like to delete it. And um, they were able to recover some of Morgan's search history, and she'd searched for things like how to get away with murder and what kind of insane am I, um, and had checked out books from the school library on crime scene investigation and mental health conditions. So some people think that this means that Morgan must be like faking a mental health condition to avoid being culpable for the crime. But a psychologist who interviewed Morgan strongly believes that she genuinely thought she was being controlled by Slender Man. Um, Morgan's parents said that they were aware that she had a fascination with Slender Man, but her mom like talks about how um, she'd be going home from school at Morgan's age with a copy of It by Stephen King tucked under her arm. She was like, kids that age sometimes get into dark stuff. I like to read horror novels. I didn't think it was anything really different from that. Right. Who would? Right. You wouldn't, that wouldn't like be what your go-to thought is like, oh, clearly she thinks this is real and that she needs to kill someone about it. So they had, yeah, they had no idea she believed it was real and she didn't tell other people. So what Morgan wasn't telling people was that she considered Slender Man among some other dark fictional characters like Voldemort um, to be her friend. And she talked to him. And uh, she said she was worried that taking medication would make him go away and she would be alone. I'm not about to start feeling bad. No. I mean, it's really... That's sad. It is sad. But she did try to kill someone. Um, she ended up accepting a plea deal, and their their trials dragged on for quite a while. And she ended up accepting a plea offer, and she would not go to trial under this plea deal, and but she would be evaluated by psychiatrists to determine how long she should be placed in a mental hospital. So she later pled guilty, but was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect, as when she was evaluated by those psychiatrists, she was actually diagnosed with early-onset schizophrenia. Uh, from which her father also uh, suffers. Mm. And the thing is, is that schizophrenia um, usually onsets in your, like, in your 20s. So for it to be present and, like, symptomatic in a 12-year-old is very, very uncommon. Like, usually it's very hard to diagnose a child with schizophrenia, and usually they, they don't have, like, you wouldn't know until they're in their 20s. So in 2017, Anissa pleaded guilty uh, to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide because she wasn't the one that actually did the stabbing. Morgan did. And, like, when they brought the girls in, Anissa had, like, a spot of blood on her shirt, but Morgan was covered in blood. So that, along with, like, what both girls were saying, they know Morgan was the one who did it. So she was guilty to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide. And then a jury found her not guilty by mental disease or defect as well. And psychologists said that she uh, was suffering from a shared delusion, which is sometimes referred to as a folie à deux, which is like the French word for it. But it's basically when two people like have this shared reality that is completely delusional and like not reflective of real reality, but it's two people believing the same exact delusion. Hmm. And kind of living in that 
the world together. So like you and me. <laughs> yeah. Thinking that people will listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, so um Anissa was sentenced to twenty five years to life in uh in the State Psychiatric Institute, Megan was sentenced to the maximum, which was 40 years to life in the, the same state psychiatric institute. And that is until her symptoms are completely resolved or until the age of 53, whichever comes first. Um, and then once she's released, she'll have to have continued supervision and reevaluations with reinstitution if she is found to need why 53 that's such a random age because it's 40 years to life so she was like 13 when her trial happened so okay 40 years is 53 uh so during her trial uh megan did i have i been how how have i been calling her megan i think so it's morgan Okay, I hope I haven't been calling her Megan this whole time. If she has, hey. It's Morgan. It's Morgan. Yeah. Um, so she was sentenced to 40 years to life and then in the mental institution. And then during her trial, Morgan was committed to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute and was the youngest patient there. I'd imagine. <laughs> So as late as last year, the appeals of court rejected Morgan's petition to be retried as a juvenile. Uh, Her attorney attorney argued that um, she should have been charged with second degree intentional homicide instead of first degree, and that uh, she actually was talking to the police before she was Mirandized. So he, when that uh, appeal got rejected, her attorney is actually currently uh, petitioning petitioning the state supreme court to review that ruling okay but does it really matter like she's she tried to kill her friend i know she's getting help currently i think it's like there might be a better chance of her getting out earlier if she's retried as a juvenile does she need to i mean so her mom says that the reason why Morgan acted violently was because she had untreated mental illness that her family wasn't aware that she had symptoms of at the time. She said that since Morgan has been receiving treatment and medication, she does not believe her to be a risk at all. Um, And it is important to note that people who are diagnosed with mental illness are much more likely to be the victims of a violent crime rather than the perpetrators. The majority of people with mental illness are not violent or dangerous. Um, So that is important to know. Right. And these two girls are not a standard of which to grade mental mental illness by. Totally. So after... The stabbing shortly after the creator of Slenderman, who made the original post, Eric Knudsen, said, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. And members of the creepypasta community actually hosted um, a 24-hour live stream on YouTube to raise money for Peyton. And the, one of the administrators of the Creepypasta website said that they did this uh, to show that they cared for the victim and they did not condone real-world violence uh, just because they sometimes enjoy darker content. When asked in that 2020 interview what she would say to Morgan, Peyton said that she would thank her because she loves who she is now and she loves the life she has and she knows things would be different had the stabbing not occurred. Uh, She ended up graduating high school with a 4.0 GPA, and she plans to study medicine in school. Like I said, Morgan is now receiving treatment and medication, um, and it is her mother's wish that that she will soon be allowed to rejoin the community. Uh, This case did spark a ton of debate about, like, children's access to the internet and... Like, should kids have, like, unfettered access to the internet with all the stuff being out there and them being impressionable? And is it the internet's fault or is it mental illness or is it bad parenting? There's a lot of talk about all of that. Yeah. I think 
it is interesting how urban legends in modern times can be made to feel so concrete and real um, because especially to children who haven't fully developed their critical thinking because like those pictures if I did not realize how like easy it is to fake things on the internet I would totally think they were real yeah I guess that's true I never really thought about that because urban legends from a long time ago you know there's hardly any proof and that you can see or watch and even when you do see it we're like well that could easily be like faked but if you're young that's very real yeah and a lot of like you just said I mean a lot of it can look like even to us at times real proof of things yeah I mean there are videos that I've seen that I'm like I have to check and make sure that this is real because I'll think it looks real but you know, there's so much out there that is published, even like published as if it were a like by a new source. Yeah. And if you were a kid who like was pretty new to using the internet, so but you think 2014, like you we knew even less about the internet than we, you know, we knew a, like a fair amount less than we know today about the internet and about how easy it is to manufacture things on the internet and make them look real. And. So I do think it's interesting how like the mythos of urban legend have evolved from oral tradition to things like texts and email chains to making them look like they have authentic evidence behind them. And it does make them like fun and creepy and like those videos are really fun to watch. But if you were a kid who didn't understand how easy it was to make things look real that aren't real, like that can mess with your head. Yeah, and was also and suffering you- from early onset schizophrenia. schizophrenia yeah so at the end of the day most people who are involved with the case believe that this was a perfect storm of two unwell girls who had similar dark interests and they fed on each other's obsession until they became so wrapped up in this urban legend that they lost the line between spooky campfire story and reality and it nearly cost Peyton her life but thankfully she's still with us and she's thriving and she made it out the other side. She says that, you know, she's she says like she doesn't even really think about her scars anymore, that they're just a part of her, just a part of her life. And she loves the life she has and she's happy to be here. And, you know, she deserves all the joy in the world. It's incredible that she survived. Yes, it is very incredible that she survived. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's the story of the Slenderman stabbing. Mine is not as... Uh... Well, I don't know. Um, Mine is far more old, but... Can I go get a can of wine? Oh, my God. Yes. All right, so you have a a much older tale to tell. Yes, I do. One of my favorites, and why? I don't know. So I am speaking today on the legend of La Llorona, which is one of my favorites. Like I said, I don't know why. So, La Llorona is a tale that, which it turns out, is a lot more than just Mexican culture. It actually spans to a lot more of Latinx countries and even parts of the U.S., which I did not know about. So, this story varies from person to person and family to family as you know it it is an oral tradition so it's bound to get a little lost on the way and change same you know with the whole I caught a fish that was this big or no it was actually this big kind of thing one of the basic through lines is that there was this beautiful woman in maybe Mexico And her name was Maria, and she came from a poor family, but she was gorgeous, right? Like, it it didn't matter what angle she turned, the light just caught her face. She was gorgeous. Like me. I mean, let's not get too confident. Um, Maria was much prettier than you, and I could ever even dream of being. (laughs) And one day, which, you know, you and I share this experience, Maria met a rich man who she fell madly in love with. And Mm. 
he fell in love with her too. Great, right? This sounds like a fairy tale. Except, not so much. They had two children, Maria and this man. And eventually, Maria started noticing that, at least in this version of the story, that he just wasn't spending as much time with the family as normal. He was kind of disappearing. Yes, he was kind of disappearing off. He wasn't coming home certain nights. And uh, eventually, one day, he just left. Oh, when you were saying that we both had this experience, you didn't mean marrying rich. You meant being cheated on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're full of them. Tonight, um... (laughs) I've never been cheated on, as far as I know. Um, no, you've cheated on me with your boyfriends. Ew. Uh, Why do you have to make anymore. it sexual? No, I just mean I don't do boyfriends anymore. Oh, yeah. One day, he disappeared, right? He had been away from the home a lot, and she kind of surmised that maybe he was cheating. She didn't really know, and one day, he just up and left. So, she was grief-stricken as one would be and she was like you know what I'm still gonna like make a life for myself I'm still gonna try to be the best me that I can be and the best mom for my children well one day when she was walking by uh, close to a river on a shady path with her two boys uh, a carriage pulled up and in the carriage was this beautiful wealthy lady and her ex-husband or same husband so he hops out and he talks to the two young boys and then leaves hey kids this is the woman that i left you for okay have a good life right poverty and he doesn't even talk to her at all he ignores her and just i hate this guy goes and leaves well maria she just kind of snaps and she sees the river. She sees her children. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She takes them to the river. And she drowns them. Well, as their bodies are floating away or whatever happens to bodies in a river, she realizes, oh my gosh, what have I just done? She comes to and she's like, I, I just killed my kids. What? Oh my gosh, like what's going on? She's crying. She's weeping. Well, she... uh is searching for her kids that she can't she can't find them right they're carried away in the river yeah and in this version of the story she decides to drown herself because she's like well i done messed up so you can't really come back from that no and she just killed her two children so, she should have killed her bastard husband. I know. Should have drowned him and maybe the new wife. Or maybe just not drowned anybody at all. I don't know. Just a wild thought there, I know. Um, <laughs> Divorce? So she, she gets to heaven. And God's like, hey. So I'd let you in. Except you killed your two kids. And their souls are like, you know, wandering. So... Until you get those back, you can't come in. So killing your children isn't an automatic hell. Apparently not. Um, She is sentenced to some kind of purgatory to look for her children's bodies in, you know, this kind of spiritual form. And Mm. all the while, she weeps, she wails, she cries... And that's why they gave her the name La Llorona, which quite directly translates to the weeping woman. Um, I thought this whole time her name was Llorona because that is a name, I guess, that people use. Why? I'm not quite sure. It sounds pretty, but if it means weeping woman. I mean, why do people, why do white people use the name Brad, you know? I don't know. That's a gross one, It's like one part too. of a folder. <laughs> is part of the folder my name means a uh, public servant so mm. you know we can't all be poetic about it well my name sometimes means your like, parents just call you a crybaby. my name means strength so okay 
Not to brag, but I'm... Okay, check. Don't. I'm gonna literally drown you. That is that version of the story, okay? So in another version, Maria is far crazier. She is a party girl. She each... I mean, she comes from a... um, not as wealthy family, but she puts on her best white gown at night. She goes out on the town and she meets all these guys. She does whatever. And eventually she has two kids and she doesn't really care about the kids. She's still going out partying, being crazy. And then one day she realizes that the man that she's with, who she had the children with, he spends a lot more time looking at them and talking to them, paying attention to them, than he does her. So Mm -hmm. she's like, you know what? We're not having that. I'm going to kill the kids. So she takes them to the river and drowns them. Same thing. Cursed to an existence to search for her children. Um, You know, once she kind of realizes, oh, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. Um, Or while drowning her kids, she also drowns herself at the same time by an accident. And that's why she's cursed to an existence of just walking in a white gown amongst the river doing her weeping i think what stories like this teach us about what society fears is that society is afraid of hot girls yeah well yeah why wouldn't you be they're hot and they're women they probably have ideas and they don't what if they don't want to get married or yeah what if they don't want yeah what if they don't want you you know, that's not okay. That's really scary, man. That's oh, terrifying. God. Um, now listen, I'm terrified of hot girls. I'm not. But it's not because I worry that they won't want to marry a man. In fact. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> she's worried. They won't want to marry me. There you go. <laughs> she is a bisexual also, somebody said trisexual the other day, and I was like, what does that mean? Um, I guess that's what we would call pansexual. <laughs> you know, that's a thing. No. No, it is. It's a sexuality that, like, into cars and, like, machines. Okay. Yep. So, Yorona <laughs> is famous for wandering the banks saying things like I mis hijos um which is like my children like she's just out there I mis hijos just like my children my boys my children my boys um that's what oh, that's what she just says constantly amongst her wailing weeping sounds which probably sounds something a little like this <clears throat> no <laughs> Thank you. Are you done? You want to give it a go? No, that's okay. No, you're a woman. Weep. Weep. Hmm. I think you did it justice. I think it's good. Bailey, give them a taste. I'm not going to weep for a man. I've done that enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yorona, the tale of La Yorona, is used from the accounts that I've heard of. A lot of Mexican families, Latinx families, We'll use it as more of a cautionary tale to kind of scare their kids into submission. Like, I heard a lot of stories of um, (laughs) them being like, you know, if you don't make your bed, you don't clean up your room, Yorona's going to drag you into the river. Okay. I know. You will be killed. Right. You will be (laughs) murdered, which is terrifying to hear as a child that some weeping... I bet they make their beds, though. I bet they do. Like, some weeping woman is going to come and drag you to the river um people are way too willing to tell their kids that they're going to be killed i know like in general i remember when i was like young my parents told me that if i left the door unlocked an axe murderer would come in and chop me up (laughs) and i was like seven oh my god (laughs) and i i'll never forget to lock the door to this day now, could they maybe have said something a little gentler and not threaten my imminent demise? Probably. Probably. But it did work. I mean, there was that one killer once that went around to unlock doors and 
he if they were unlocked he I know. was like he you know it was what an invitation you deserved I it think, i think that was richard ramirez this tale is also a cautionary tale some people say to keep kids away from dangerous things like the dark and rivers in the dark because you know scary things can happen at nighttime and injuries can happen and you can fall into a river and get drowned and that just happens it just without happens without a urona sometimes yeah that just happens without a a woman dragging you into the river others say that this tale may be a cautionary thing to women as to be like hey be careful who you marry because he might How will we make you. a cautionary tale to men to not be dicks to the women that they marry? Huh? Or else, Where's the cop? Yeah. I want the urban legend about after Yorona's bastard husband's carriage pulls away, a meteor strikes him dead. Because he was a bastard husband. Yeah, because he was a bad person. Where is that? I don't know. Many people claim to have seen... La Llorona, or heard her. And even people that I know have said that they have seen her, heard her when they were young in Mexico. Do you think it was their parents? Like, they were like, go in your room and clean. And then they hear them like playing on their Xbox. So they're just like outside being like, I see her. I sure hope that he's cleaning his room so I don't have to drag him to the river. (laughs) I sure hope I don't have to come into the house and drag him away. Where are my children? I honestly do think that sometimes that really could be it, but this tale has gone so far and so widespread that I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I think maybe if she, okay, let me put it this way. I think a lot of times parents may do it just to scare them, scare them, may do it just to scare, <laughs> scare, scare their kids. Um, or they We're may, from Oklahoma. they may be, uh, La Llorona themselves but I I really do think there is some validity to this story now there are very general things about the story that and about La Llorona specifically that match up like she's always floating above a body of water Oh, <coughs> and she is always in a white and black gown with a veil. Her weeping, so we've heard, may be a herald of death or that she's just near. Now, her motivations from story to story change. Either she is just out to get men and she's more of like a demonic figure who will find gorgeous young men and drink their blood or something. Or she wants kids to replace her lost children and maybe hoping that she can use their souls to get into heaven things like that I'll, I, just be like no these are these, these are totally these mine, are mine. The, those are my kids totally god's like no they're not i i watched you she's like god that you, you know make me. so many kids Okay, it's impossible for you to keep track of all of them. These are mine. Right. These, These are my kids. Are mine. So we're all going to go in together, right, kids? Okay. I did read one story that said, now this one's a little creepy, um, that this girl had a dream about seeing uh, La Llorona on a dark street, and she seemed far away, and she was kind of crying, but so we've heard um, from other people is that if she sounds like she's crying from far away... It means that she's pretty close to you. And if it's not like she's pretty close to you, she's far away. Why? I don't know. But so she turns around and sees this young girl. And when she turns back around, Yorona is like in her face and her veil is no, lifted up. No, no, no. Oh, that just came. And ooh. I know. Ooh, oh my God. Um, uh. It's like in her face and she's got her veil lifted up and her eyes are just kind of blank. 
but she looks very angry. And when she wakes up, she tells somebody about this dream, and they say that to people who uh, La Llorona shows her face to, that means that in the afterlife, she's, like, recruiting you to help search for her children. If you see her in a dream, she shows you your face. Guess what? You have a job. You're hired. <laughs> and it's me being like, no, these are her kids. They're real. These are, yeah, these are these her are kids. kids. I slide got a crumpled 20. These are, <laughs> these these are, are your Rona's kids. These are her kids. So why don't we open those pearly gates, huh? Ding. Wink, wink. <laughs> now, there is some historical, maybe, inspiration for Yerona. Um, one of the most famous is La Malinche, which in the 16th century, um, when Cortez was doing his whole Spanish conquistador thing, and he's out there, you know, raping, pillaging, taking over all kinds of cities, they get to the Aztecs and they take some slaves and La Malinche, she was one of those slaves and she eventually becomes a translator for Cortez because she proves very uh, useful. He eventually is like, Hey, you know what? Why don't you just be like my right hand woman? Let's be like sort of married. And they, maybe they did get married. I don't know. Um, Cause I think they gave her like a new name and I forget what it was. But they have a son together, and the son is legitimized, but taken from her and sent to Spain to get an education. So that's a very big parallel to the La Llorona stories. However, La Malinche, to current society and from the 16th century and on, isn't as victimized as you'd think she would be. A lot of the people blame her for the fall of the Aztecs because had she not been translating and had she not been kind of helping Cortez understand what was going on and like gain the trust of the Aztec people, then the Aztecs might not have declined as a civilization. So she's a very controversial Mm -hmm. historical figure. Um, most, Most people see her as like a traitorous. So, which I think the word traitorous is cool. Because, but also, like, Cortez was, uh... Yeah, Cortez was a bad man. Most explorers were. Well, he wasn't just her. Like, I think, like, now, now society, and, like, the past decades, couple decades, um, we see her more as somebody who just made the best of a bad deal, and Mm -hmm. maybe didn't realize... Or did what she needed to do to yeah, survive. and maybe didn't realize, like, what she, uh, you know, would rot upon her own people. But for a long time, she was really, really hated on. So that's kind of, like, one of the most historical parallels, as well as the Greek tale of Medea, who is a Greek sorceress lady and has to kill her kids because of a man. Um, I really don't know the full story of that one, but um, basically the same thing. Uh, I, I do, I think, for me, uh, Maria La Llorona, like I, you know, I'm, I'm a feminist, so I really feel like Llorona, her tale may not be as, like, she may not have been this crazy person as they make her out to be. I feel like it's a very male-perpetuated story to uh, blame women for all these bad and terrible things because they were crazy and... Um, or, like, in the version where she was, like, a party girl who, like, liked to date around, people love to punish women for... or make them look evil for not wanting to settle down. Right. And then be like, oh, well, he was jealous because of the kids. So that... Because it really could have been a scapegoat let's say this is a real story and the man could have killed them and drowned them all and they would have been like well let me tell you what really happened here she was jealous that i just didn't want to be with her anymore so she killed the kids and then she drowned and it's because she was a crazy woman 
And then that just circulated all to Yarona, the crazy weeping woman. She's going to get you. She's going to kill you. She kills men. She kills children. I don't know. Or maybe she was. Who knows? I mean, if 12-year-old girls can kill their best friends. Yeah, I mean. Maybe a woman in her late 20s can kill her children. They have. And, like, fuck them. Yeah, so that's my story of La Llorona. There's, I mean, not much else to it. There's, you know, not, like, a big legitimate claim for, like, a real actualized story. Because it is an urban legend. And, like, we know, most of them are from just word of mouth. Yeah. But a lot of people claim to have seen her. A lot of people. And it's honestly, I got into a big hole today of watching all kinds of people talking about seeing her. Very exciting. And <laughs> she's always a weeping. A weeping and a wailing. You know, and that's what counts. Consistency. <laughs> if you're going to cry, <laughs> be consistent. Never stop. Just keep it going. What's and more appropriate for our times? Yeah. Crying. (laughs) Wailing into the night. I'm sure many people have thought that I was La Llorona some nights. I know for sure Bailey's neighbors at some time in her life must have thought that she was La Llorona. I've never cried in my life. Oh, okay. Never mind. She's never cried. Even though it happened about an hour ago. Um, (laughs) So... I was crying because I was beholding a beautiful piece of art mm. when I was reading. Oh, I'm also, sorry. Bailey and I have watched The Curse of La Llorona. Oh, yeah. We watched it that was movie. It was all right. It was, it was okay. Good. It was like a solid, like, six. Yeah. I mean, it had some, some jump scares that got me. For sure. And uh, listen, it's not La Llorona. Please stop. <laughs> I, this is a PSA. I don't care how white you are. It is not La Llorona. It's La Llorona. Just say it. You can say it. It's just, it's very frustrating. Why are you attacking? I say Not you. I'm just you attacking? Ta- I'm attacking some people in some videos that I've watched recently and being like, and the cursed weeping woman, La Llorona. And I'm like, ew, that's gross. Why? <laughs> oh, there's also yes, a good song. Are you going to sing it? Ay, de mi arona, mi arona de azul celeste. That's from Coco. Um, there's also like a fuller version. I know, I love Coco. Well, my friends, this is probably a topic that we will fade back into because there are a lot of urban legends to talk about, and some of yes. them are really scary. Like, I saw one that I really want to talk about, some flying disembodied lady. Yeah, there are a lot of urban legends out there that are pretty spooky but i just don't think any of them are ever going to compare to she gets out to check and man door hand hook car door (gasps) i mean that is one of the scariest things that i've heard in a long time which proves to me that it is a scary world out there so hold on to the people you love goodbye